Hello my lovelies, I hope you guys are well. So, strangely, it is a lot more difficult than I was expecting to find people that were going to be willing to be interviewed for a podcast. I um, did speak to a few ladies over the week and whilst all of them, you know, understand and agree with the fact that mental health is something that needs to be spoken about in our Tamil community, um, they didn't want to be the ones that did it. So that has been interesting and I think, you know, that potentially, you know, is the reason that I decided to start this podcast in the first place because I truly, truly believe that there is such a conversation to be had and actually so many conversations to be had about why we are doing what we are doing and what we need to do to change the world for our kids and for our grandkids um just you know um, why why are people so ashamed to tell us that this is what they are going through i don't understand Actually, maybe I do understand and, you know, I spent so long kind of just wanting to do things of my own accord. Maybe I just didn't even think that, you know, it needed to be something to be hidden. I don't know. I don't know. So... I don't know if I told you guys. In fact, I don't think I did. But... The reason my family found out that I was diagnosed with depression the first time round must have been uh, twenty. Must have been 2011, 2012, 2011 or twenty twelve. Um, basically, I got taken into hospital with a suspected stroke. It wasn't a stroke. It was a panic attack. I literally could not move. I remember just kind of feeling trapped within myself, within my body, and, you know, kind of like lying on the bed and kind of listening as the doctor was explaining to me that obviously this is what I was, that had happened to me, that my body had physically shut down because of stress and anxiety. That's when I was like, oh Lord. So it, it was strange because I don't think until that point I really realised how um, a mental health um, episode, as it were, could affect you physically um, and could, you know, literally change the trajectory of your life. So I think after that, and as I kind of got better in inverted, in inverted commas um, and kind of just became stronger in myself I realized actually that um, emotional distress and emotional um, stress of any sort needed to be kind of looked at from you know every which way just holistically really just so that you know how you need to move forward and you know and I, I am a big advocate of knowing that I suffer from depression However, I am not depression. It's like a big thing for me that I will always sit there and say. 
I suffer from depression. It is an issue that I have. It is about, you know, low serotonin levels in my brain and it just means I need support. Um, But that doesn't mean that I can't necessarily give myself that support. It just means that I just need to have some support and if you know if that means that my support is in the form of medication I am um, I am on 100 milligrams of sertraline I take that every night without fail because otherwise I can tend to get a bit panicky um, and just you know be that way inclined so that is that what I wanted to kind of speak to you about today obviously apart from the fact that if you are a Tamil person or a, someone from the South Asian community who would be quite open to doing an interview with me on this podcast, even anonymously, if you know if you're going to find it too difficult, then we can do so. And please, obviously, hit me up, message me, etc. I don't know what else you can do on a podcast, but you know, find those things that you can do and find me somehow and mess- send me a message. Anyway, what I wanted to speak to you about today is actually another part of mental health that I have obviously experienced recently, and that is grief. And some people might sit there and go, well, grief isn't a part of mental health. Actually, it very much is. Um, You know, I feel like if you didn't already, you know, have a diagnosis of depression or whatever, um, prior to losing someone like your like your father or you know your partner or anyone along those lines then um most likely after you have lost them you know physically in the sense that I lost my dad then grief will play a big part in you know um giving you depression or making your depression worse as it were if that's the thing that can happen but no one really talks to you about grief no one kind of explains to you that um grief is all-encompassing i mean like you know you feel that depression is bad you then put depression along with grief and oh my lord it is a different kettle of fish altogether i really didn't know what to do when um, my dad passed away. All I know, and to be fair to a certain extent still, um, the feeling I, you know, I have is is one of numbness, but then you also have like a whole array of other feelings. It includes denial, it includes anger, it includes, you know, almost like a hysterical feeling of just you losing your mind really there are just so many things that come out of feeling grief and the issue is like none of it is linear so one day I could be feeling anger betrayal sadness but I could also laugh at a joke that I've seen on the telly and then go back to betrayal um, and it kind of just goes up and down. It's it's almost like a helter skelter ride, and you just kind of go round and round into into 
you know, different feelings. And it's very, very difficult to navigate. I mean, like, um, I'm obviously painfully aware that I am still dealing with, um, you know, with dad not being here um, and the different emotions that I face from that. But I was lucky enough to be able to speak to other people um, who had also lost their fathers and um, they, you know, they mentioned, you know, that three, four years down the line that they were no closer to getting some kind of closure on their grief and it is a case of that grief, that feeling will never go away, it's just something unfortunately that you have to learn to live with and I thought that was interesting because, you know, it's, like I said, the grief that I feel is all-encompassing, you know, like, I don't know if this is something that, you know, I could potentially live with for, for years on end. I mean, like, that's a lie. I know it is something that I can live with. I don't know if it's something that I want to live with in the sense that, you know, when when I am going through a bad patch, thinking about my grief, um, it is very, very difficult. And, you know, having, being someone that has, you know, had a diagnosis of depression for 11, 10, 11 years now, it just seems like having to deal with grief as well and having to live with that just it just to be fair it seems unfair but also it just makes me angry because again that's another thing that you're not allowed to talk about within our community you know I've literally had people and I know they are well-meaning that I really hope they weren't um but I've literally had people say to me so Joe that's enough now you know like you need to just get on with it you need to live your life Okay, this is me living my you know living living my life, but this is me navigating a life without my dad around. Um, this is me trying to figure out you know which way I'm going. This is me trying to trying to remember to put one foot in front of the other, to remember to to get out of bed. And actually, these were all things that I also thought and felt when I was at the height of my depression you know when I was literally drinking every day to try and numb the feeling of pain that I had within me and it was deep within me but I knew what I was doing I knew why I was doing it it's why I ended up taking a whole year of sobriety in 2013 because I was sick and tired of using drink to you know numb my pain and numb what I was feeling um and I'm not going to lie, you know, when when up I passed, I, I tried to do the same thing and I could see myself going down that same route of, you know, eating and drinking. And then in the end, in January, right at the beginning of January, I just decided that, you know, I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to disrespect my dad's um, memory like that by just not taking ownership of who I am and what I mean and the things that I can do and so I stopped the drinking I you know put myself on a health and fitness well health and wellness you know 
kick. Definitely no fitness involved at the moment. But what that meant was I could then, again, focus on myself, you know, so with the counselling and, you know, journaling and just talking to people and throwing myself into my life coaching business, into the podcast, into the website and the blog and the tutoring and, you know, just being there for for my kids, for my friends, for my husband, for my mum. That was important for me. And it also meant that I was taking back control. And I like being in control of what I'm doing and how I'm feeling. I mean, you know, yes, some people might think I'm a bit of a control freak, but actually, I just like things that, you know, to be the way they need to be, as it were. And I also know what I bring to the table as, as, as a, you know, as a human being, as a sister, as a daughter, as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, I know what I bring to the table. And if I am going around and not taking care of myself and you know, not realising what my trigger points are and not being positive, that actually that changes the dynamics of all of my relationships because of who I am within my relationships. And so if I lose myself, then actually this is not just a personal loss for me, but actually my the people surrounding me will also lose who they are when they're with me and who I am when I am with them. So yeah, I just made the decision and, you know, maybe that is something that I am actually, I am incredibly proud of. Um, It's just that I do know that I have that ability to kind of just go, do you know what, this is difficult, but this is how we're going to move on. So yes, I am blessed, but that feeling of all-encompassing grief, it is mind-numbing at times you know it just I have literally lain in bed at like two three o'clock in the morning with my husband fast asleep next to me and pretty much just wailed and that is the kind of grief that I go through and That kind of grief is, I'm not going to say it's worse than depression, um, but I think potentially actually that kind of, that kind of grief is harder to deal with than depression because like I said, depression is because of a chemical imbalance in your brain, whereas grief, it's a physical loss and so no amount of um, antidepressants or, you know, remedy solution or night, I think it's nitol is gonna, you know, is, is going to get rid of that feeling. And again, it's, it's just that grief, much like depression, is, is something that people just don't talk about. People don't ask you 
how you are people literally go are you okay and actually I'm at a point still where I don't even respond to are you okay because I feel like it's a a horrible thing to ask me and one that I can't answer so I don't want to lie to you and say yeah I'm fine because I'm not but then I also don't want to take you down into that feeling of grief with me so that was that to be fair it's interesting isn't it I mean like you know I feel like so much of what I have achieved I have achieved in the past three months is as a direct result of my dad not being here you know um but then I also know that he would have been the proudest person in the world to see that everything, you know, to see everything that I'm doing, to see the, you know, to have seen the website, to listen to the podcast, to to see how I'm doing in, you know, in a business that he would really not really understand, but he would have supported me regardless. And then, you know, you've got people that just turn around and go, you know, Suji, you need to, you need to just, you know, just act normal. I don't even know what normal is anymore. My normal meant that my dad would ring me about 7, 7.30 while I was on my way to work or while he was on his way to work. I'd speak to him again in the evening, maybe even at lunchtime sometimes. You know, anything I needed doing around my house, I didn't even have to really think about it. I didn't even have to ring him and ask him to do it. I would just ring him and tell him that something was broken or something wasn't working and he'd be around here with his toolbox and get it fixed. And the fact that that person now isn't in my life, it's tough. But do you know what? I've also, I also know that everything I'm doing is going to make him the proudest person in the world or up in heaven, however, you know, however, however you really want to listen to it. It's, depression, anxiety, any kind of mental health I knew was, you know, just not something we spoke about in our world because, you know, it doesn't happen to our people because, you know, South Asians don't get depressed because what do they have to be depressed about? You know? And grief? What? So you lose someone, surely you've got XYZ still around and you know but actually guys I think whether someone has lost someone or something or feeling like they're losing themselves all you have to do is just listen you don't need to give them any words of advice you don't need to tell them that they'll be okay all you have to do is just listen 
and that will make the person on the other side just a slightly bit more comfortable just slightly feel like they're not alone and that's all we want that's all we're asking for it's just that voice at the other end of the telephone as it's locked down that says you know what you've got this and I can you know I, I know how you're feeling and it's okay I'm here for you to talk to me anyway my lovelies I hope you guys have a fantastic Sunday all my light and love as always I love you lots and lots thank you bye <laughs>